craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose and i'm coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft head brewer and owner of trek brewing in columbus ohio is john ream and john how are you doing tonight and of course what is in your glass i'm doing fantastic um, i'm happy to be back on the mic with you yes and uh tonight i am drinking uh something from windridge Farm Brewing out of uh, Dallastown, Pennsylvania. Oh. And that is their uh, Barn Dog, which is a chocolate vanilla Imperial Porter. Oh, nice. Um, which is uh, pretty smooth. And mostly uh, mostly the chocolate is coming through for me right now. Um, but this, uh, one thing I like about this beer, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how, you know, Today's pale ales are yesterday's IPAs because everything just kind of skews up. Mm-hmm. And the IPAs are, are doubles and and all that. Uh, well, this Imperial Porter is seven percent. Oh, so it, it's like you know clocking in at you know what would is still Imperial to a traditional you know Porter style without you know going crazy up into the you fourteen know, nine ten yeah, yeah. You know, something. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so far, and uh, Kristen just heard me say what I was drinking. Uh-oh. Like texted me, I want some, and then ran into the room and just <laughs> took some. So good for her. Good for her. <laughs> well, I know that she's a huge fan of uh, your vanilla stout, so I'm sure this chocolate vanilla porter is one that she'll appreciate too. Yeah. Well, and she took the last uh, Rubus cacao out of the fridge today, and we were just talking about how we're. We're starting to leave stout season, so we'll have to you know, <laughs> work harder and having stuff available for. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So what are you drinking tonight? Well, I am drinking something. Uh, I, I mean, I, I tried to get something that was going to be in with the uh, content of the show tonight, but I couldn't find what I was looking for. So instead, I'm drinking a great beer from Firestone Walker. It is part of their uh, Leo versus Ursus series and this is the wukas and it's an imperial black ipa so we're both doing imperial things today you're doing an imperial porter i'm doing an imperial black ipa and again what's nice about this one is that it's a it's an ipa an imperial ipa that's not up there in the 12 percent or anything it's it's a nice reasonable 8.2 percent beer got some fantastic Pine and citrus hop aroma and flavor with a nice uh, bit of roastiness in there, too. It is a a really good blend of what an IPA is and a stout. So it goes great for wintertime. 
and the cold, snowy weather that we're getting here in, in Boise. So I just wanted to warm myself up with a nice, dark IPA slash stout. Nice. Yeah. It, you probably haven't had this one, have you, John, since you don't get Fires on Walker anymore? Correct. Uh, I have uh, not had that one. Okay. I think this is what... I think this is kind of a play off of their black IPA. That the Wookie Jack. The Wookie Jack, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit stronger version of that, which I love that beer too. So um, just just so you can kind of uh, put, put it together in your mind what it's like. It's like that, just amped up a little bit more. Uh, you, and you can't really taste the alcohol. You just taste the hops and the uh, the, the roast, a little bit of roastiness in there. and uh, It's just tasty. So I'm going to be sipping on this 16-ounce for a little bit. You know, I did partake in some other beers before we recorded, and I wanted to say one of them is the Loose Cannon. I still have a few bottles left that you left me, John, and I wanted to see how it's aged. It's oh, it's it's not quite three years. I think in Ju- July it'll be three years old that when we brewed this beer, which is amazing. It's been that long, and I'll tell you what, it holds up really, really well. I mean, there is no negative aspects to this beer. The, if anything, I think, John, you would really appreciate what it's turned into. The sweetness is, is not as pronounced as it was when we, when it was young. When the beer was young, we had, we felt that there was a little bit too much sweetness to the finish. And now as it ages, that sweetness is kind of melting away and, and just easing into the rest of flavors. And it just is really, really, a fantastic beer. I raised my rating from a four to a five on this beer, John. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I have uh, three or four of these still. Oh, uh, in the oh you have, here, so you I have, have some. To, uh, <laughs> toss one in the fridge. <laughs> I thought you gave me all the rest of them. You held back some for yourself, didn't you? Uh, well, I actually found some beer that I didn't even realize I had when we were moving. Um, so I, I, I gave you what I thought was maybe everything except for like a bottle that was mm-hmm. in my fridge at the time. And then when I was uh, pulling stuff out, I found a six pack, I think of it Oh, nice! behind some of my <laughs> you know, old barley wines and stuff. Um, so that was a pleasant surprise. Okay. But, so, so you still have a six pack? No, I don't have a full six pack. Okay. I've sampled some okay. since then. So. I would, um, I would urge you to save one for some of our old friends from the 40 cast when they come visit you at trek and i would love for them to be able to maybe you know bust out a bottle when they come and visit and you guys can can uh, drink it together and so they can enjoy what the loose cannon is yeah as long as they don't call on a loose cannon bender or something i had to feel awful the next day <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. well it's always good to share 11 percent beer with uh, yes. with friends um <laughs> i'll tell you that it, it it honestly does not i will say it is you, you do get a little bit of the of the uh the sense that it has alcohol in it now um but it's not it's not bad it's not super boozy but you, you do know it's there you can feel that there is a little mm-hmm. heat in there but it's not disturbing it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the beer and you know, for any of our listeners that don't know, Loose Cannon is a homebrew that John and I brewed almost three years ago. It's a Belgian dark strong ale. It's a it's a great beer. It's won it won, it's won awards. John won one took entered into some contests and we took best. What did we take? Best of 
I'm take gold and uh, for Belgians. Okay, gold for Belgians. I'll take it. I mean, yeah. gold medal winner right there. And uh, I'm sure John will be posting that uh, that ribbon in Trek Brewing just to show off his greatness, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one I didn't get a ribbon for. Oh, actually. damn it! And I didn't get any uh, like swag stuff for that one. Oh, for that, that competition. Oh, it was sad because I won like four medals or four i placed like four beers in, in that one so didn't get anything okay but all right well it's not too late i'm i'm still holding on to the hoping that you will revisit this beer maybe make a few changes and then brew it at trek and then who knows maybe it'll be so well received that you'll enter it into beer contests and win it for trek also and that'd be that'd be fantastic I, I have all the uh, ingredients except yeast for that beer at Trek right now. Oh, oh, you're so wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we're getting a little carried away without letting anyone know what we're all about. So let's just go ahead. And in case we have any new listeners, we always wanted to explain what Trek, what Trek Brewing, what Tap the Craft is all about. <laughs> <laughs> we are Welcome pod- to Trek the Craft. Uh, Trek, Trek the yeah. Podcast Hour. <laughs> Trek, trek the craft. Trek the craft. Oh, man. That's okay. That's, that's okay. We can already tell this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's already going to be a good one because uh, we're both drinking Imperial beers. And like I already said, I've already partaken in some 11% uh, fantastic beer. So, yeah, it might be a little tongue-tied, but it's okay. We can continue on. But, yeah, Tap the Craft Podcast. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to help our listeners along in their craft beer journey. And you are listening to episode 94. We're recording on Sunday, February 28th. No, is it February 28th? 25th. I don't know. 25th. I don't know where I got the 28th at, but it's the 25th. And in this episode, we are going to focus on the Baltic Porter style beer. And this is a a style that has kind of made a, re, a resurgence in the recent years. And I'm, it's kind of one that I don't see very often, but when I do get one, I really enjoy. And because it is wintertime and because the Baltic is cold and you need to drink some uh, beers to warm you up, I thought it'd be great to talk about this style, let everyone know about it so that either this year or maybe in the future and for next year, you guys will be able to go out and, and get this beer and, and warm your bones during the wintertime. And, of course, you know you can count on John and I having some great beer conversation along the way. So, we've already started the conversation. And, John, you already mentioned Trek Brewing, and I mentioned it for you, too. Let's get right into the updates because, uh, you know, now that the brewery is almost open, the update's going to be, you know, a little bit more sparse, I think. So, let's get one of the final construction open pre-opening updates all right so uh the mural the uh forest mural that uh, we post pictures mm-hmm. of is, is complete now um so uh, there are a few little tiny sections that you actually couldn't see the way we framed the photos um that needed finished up and uh those are all all in place now so the mural is complete along that entire back wall of the tap room and bar um and it looks awesome nice so uh, we're really happy with the way it turned out. Um, and in, in terms of things going on walls, we also have a new sign um, up for of our logo as you come in the doors. Uh, nice big four-foot sign mm. hanging up on the wall. It looks nice. 
Is it lit, backlit, and all nice? No, not right now. Okay. Um, right now, it's just just there. Okay. So. Get some get some bling on that thing. You know, put some LEDs, maybe some rotating uh, yeah. lights. <laughs> I'm gonna probably make it like flashing, yeah. and then it'll shoot confetti out every once in a while. It's <laughs> un- unsuspecting. Uh, uh, yeah, you have little misters that kind of give you mist of uh, pine trees and things, so that it makes you feel like you're going on a trek through the woods, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you know we've had a lot of uh, little odds and ends, so like touching up some paint here and there, and fixing light fixtures that were broken, and like all this kind of stuff that you know six months ago we're like oh, we should get that taken care of and then you forget about it with all the bigger things that are going on. And then as you round things down, you're like, Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I was supposed to do that. <laughs> um, so I had a, a solid week of that. And every time I take one thing off, I'd see two more things that needed, you know, fixed. And, um, that was kind of a rush because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we sold beer. Oh, so, wow. You know? Yeah. So we had our, our first, uh, soft open with family and friends. Um, almost two weeks or I guess a week and a half ago now mm-hmm. by the time you're hearing this two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it, w- it went really well. Um, it, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, kind of break everybody in, including ourselves as uh, what we're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't have any snafus. Uh, everybody had a good time. Um, Kristen's brother, uh, was our first official customer. He bought our, our first flight. So that was cool. Oh, that um, was Chris's brother? Yes. Oh, because I, I saw the picture saying first customer, paying customer, but I had no idea it was her brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he, he was our, our first customer. We had a good good first night, um, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. Okay. And, wait, and you charged him? <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. He's lucky I didn't charge him double. <laughs> 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 um but uh you know that that soft open just kind of led the way because then we also held our patio party mm. uh from our indiegogo patio campaign um so we had uh i'd say maybe 80 percent of the folks that signed up for the patio party perk were actually able to make it which okay. is awesome um and uh we've We've got everybody that, that wasn't able to make it on a list that they'll get their, their stuff at mm-hmm. some point, you know, they'll get their beers and we'll buy them a meal. And so that'll, that'll be squared away uh, for those folks. But those that came had a great time. Um, and it was a really good night. So it's, it's awesome actually having people in there other than me talking mm-hmm. to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's real now. You know, we've actually sold beer. Yes. So. Yes. You got that first dollar bill up on your wall. Well, no, I am trying my best to get my uh, brother-in-law's credit card to hang on our wall. <laughs> um, I told him you know, he'll have to deal with whether he wants to change his number or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It has to go up on the wall. <laughs> it was our first. You know. That's true. With the digital age, you don't have as many uh you know, currencies going through. So yeah, that would be, that'd be tough. Okay. I'll, I'll accept his credit card. Yeah. You know, we'll just get that up there and anybody needs a beer. We'll just pull it yeah, down. Just pull it down like and it. use it. Yeah. Just, just like we will with yours. Cause yeah. you owe Russ a beer. No, no, no. no. Russ, Russ isn't it. real. Russ is beer. Yeah. No, he's he's not, real. He's not real. He's not he's real. He's the first to check into all the Trek beers. 
So oh, I, I guess I better start following your the Trek Brewing venue now so that I can get updates when you guys post stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh but yeah, it went well and we're gonna have our first public soft Ooh. opening. And I can go ahead and put this out there because by the time this posts, we'll post about it. Uh, which is going to be Saturday, March third. All right. So we're gonna have a barbecue truck there. And uh, it's going to be great. Excellent. March 3rd, Saturday. Everyone heard it. Go visit Trek Brewing. Grand soft opening for the public. Now, did you run it? You haven't run out of beer yet, right? Nope. Okay. You still have plenty of the variety for them, everyone? Yeah, we still have uh, cream ale, vanilla stout, pale ale, and IPA available. Okay. Okay. And so then we've got five guest drafts. Okay. So, so I, I saw the, the, po- the pictures and things of the, of the soft. Or the patio party, and I saw that uh, the people pretty much like the cream ale and the vanilla stout. That's where their their favorites. So you got that's on each spectrum of the of the the beer styles. You had people liking both, so that's a that's good. Yeah, um, and the cream ale has actually been our top seller wow. thus far. Nice, um, just barely edging out pale ale and IPA. Uh, vanilla stout is a lagging behind a little mm. bit so it's gotta it's gotta pick up really that surprises yeah. me that surprises me okay well it still has time because we know that's a a quality beer there people just don't realize they want that beer yet <laughs> yeah no but kristen's like you know that's fine she'll she'll, she'll drink it so <laughs> <laughs> all right so um a couple questions now for one thing, I did not realize your bar was a U-shaped until I saw the the photos of the uh, of the soft opening that the first one, and I saw people posted pictures of the bar, and it was actually a U-shaped. I, I thought for some reason I was thinking it was like a long bar, so I, I kind of like that because now you can easily get to three you know three sides and serve people, and and I saw that you had taps. Looks like you had. Uh, a set of four taps on each of the three sides of the U. Is that correct? You have three taps each. No, we no. have uh, four taps. Two, we have two draft coolers uh, that each have two towers on them. Um, oh. So they're on two. They're on two sides, and one has six, and one has five. But oh. only nine are operational right now. Okay. Um, okay. Because I had two couplers go bad on me, and I haven't fixed them yet. Got new ones yet. Okay. So. All right. All right, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. I I enjoyed seeing that. I'm like I'm liking seeing other other people posting photos because I can get a lot of different angles to get a more you know better idea of of the brewery. What I would love to see, and I don't know if if Kristen's already started doing it, but I'd love to see uh, her make a video like a walkthrough. You know, starting up at the at the uh, the at the outside of the brewery, walking into the doors, and doing a little tour of the facility and the bar and, and everything would be great if she, you know, had time to do that and post that to the website would be fantastic. Just a little hint. That yeah. All right. Good. I'll, I'll add that to her to-do list. Yeah. yeah she doesn't have enough Just to do, you. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Well, hey, thank you for that update. I know a lot of people are excited and you will be getting uh, a lot of visitors here soon. So that's fantastic news. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're excited. I mean, we're, we're going to kind of be in a, kind of a perpetual soft open type arrangement for a while while we still wait for our 15 barrel system. Okay. But 
Um, we're hoping that we can find a cadence that can be somewhat consistent and still keep our beer available. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Excellent. All right. Talking about beer. Um, I'm going to talk about some beers that I really enjoyed since our last uh, show. And the first one is from uh, Fort George out of Astoria, Oregon. Um, I had this bottle of beer that I've been aging for a couple of years. Now, why was I waiting on this? I don't know. I just, I kept wanting to share this beer that I'm going to talk about with friends. There wasn't a good time opportunity to share it. And finally it got to a point where Sarah really wanted a stout. And I said, here's a one I've been aging for or saving for a couple of years. And it's the Fort George bourbon barrel Cavatica. Is that how you say it? Cavatica sure. stout. Yeah. I'm going to say Cavatica stout and uh, it's an Imperial stout actually. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, this beer was so good. It was so good that I gave it a five cap rating on untapped. So it, they weren't joking around about this thing. And I didn't have it. I, I've had the regular uh, Imperial stout, but not the bourbon barrel one before. And this again, was a special, a special bottle. And it, it's just the regular one's good. This one was just over the top because it did have really well done bourbon barrel character. Again, not too spirit, too much of the spirit. It was well blended in with it just, I mean, great, I mean, great stout to flavors and, and nice bourbon barrel character, not too much. So um, I don't know, John, did you ever have a chance to have that beer before you left or even see it? No, not the bourbon barrel aged. I've I've had the Cavatica and I've enjoyed that. So yeah. I'm sure I would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it was good and I wish I would have picked up more than just one of these these uh bottles when I picked it up because it it's I would have drank it fresh and I would have drank it now and it still would have been good. So I, I'm looking at my untapped. Uh this was from two thousand fifteen. Uh, I just, I say it aged very well. So many wonderful flavors, all balanced with the, well, with the, the base Imperial Stout. So it's, yeah, it's quality. I hope that uh, they keep releasing versions of this. And if they do, I'm going to pick up some more bottles as it comes out fresh because I really enjoyed it a lot. Now, kind of staying on that same Imperial Stout, uh, you know, Barrel Aged Imperial Stout, you guys were talking, I think, while you were talking, John, that you, I think you were talking, now I might have uh, old man memory, but I think you were talking about. Oh, yeah, that about, regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Epic Brewing's Big, Big Bad Baptist. Did you talk about just having that recently or not? Or was it Chris who was talking about that? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember either. Well, regardless. <laughs> now, great. Now you gave me your old man memory. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, I, I mentioned it had been. Uh, you know, a little bit since I've had one of these beers, and I, every time I have one, it is, I mean, I just love it. it. I've never been disappointed by the Big Bad Baptist. And this was released number 85, and it just, again, had every, all the flavors were just really balanced and, and just, I don't know, I, I can't even explain it. It just had some great flavor and, and great body. What I love about this beer, it's a heavy beer, right? A full heavy beer that that you feel like you're drinking an imperial stout oh you know what this one was aged in whiskey barrels to the bourbon and i think that 
worked out really well. I, I enjoyed the, the whiskey. I think it was, uh, I'm trying to look at the picture here. I think it was, I don't see the, uh, nope, it doesn't say what the whiskey brand was, but uh, it's really good. And I just want to give props. I, I actually have a t-shirt with this. And when I drank this beer, I wore the t-shirt just so I could just feel <laughs> that I was really supporting the, this, you know, that drink. And yeah, I gave that a five. I've never given this beer anything but a five. It's always been good. Well, you just had to get the full experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I even drank it in my Epic glass. I No, I did. I drank it in my heritage glass. Damn it. Oh, I even no, have an then. Epic a t-shirt was wasted. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wasn't thinking all the way through. I, I guess what it was is I just didn't want to dirty another glass, so I just went ahead and used the one I I had just got done drinking from the Kavak, whatever, the other style, maybe. I don't know. That's okay, but that's a great beer. Go get it if you have it in your area. You won't be disappointed. And the last beer I want to talk about is another Firestone Walker beer. And we've mentioned this, not this one beer in particular, but the the beer that it comes, uh, you know, that, that this is a year, yearly release and it's their Firestone Walker 21 anniversary L. And it's, again, it's a blend of a bunch of different style of beers that they brew and, uh, it, they blend it and they, they have different barrels and different, you know, they're all barrel aged beers and, and they blend it to just a perfect combination of flavors and everything. And this was a, yeah. a 4.5. I'm going to miss that one. I think I'm, I think I've burned through my cellared beers from their anniversary. So, okay. Did, little, did you, sad. did you have this one was uh, what's nice about this too, is it used to be, they came in, in 22 ounce bottles. This one was a 12 ounce bottle, which I, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, and that means the price is a little bit more, well, I say reasonable because it was still like $13, but it wasn't $26. So, and I think I don't need to drink a 22 ounce bottle of this. Uh, I think 12 ounces is just a, if I'm drinking by myself is just right to really enjoy the beer for what it is, not get too much of it. Um, but yeah, it'd be a little bit harder to share this. You disagree? <laughs> 22 ounces or nothing. Okay. You're a man, man. You can man, man up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are my beers. Uh, again, I recommend anyone who can get Firestone Walker Anniversary Ales, any of the years they release them, pick it up. It's worth the money. You won't be disappointed. I haven't been disappointed yet. John hasn't been disappointed either. Uh, good beer. All right, John, what noteworthy beers did you have this last couple of weeks? All right. Someone talk about nuts. Nuts? Um, That's nuts. Yeah. I actually have two beers from the same brewery, uh, which is Millersburg Brewing. Uh, and I, I've talked about them before, I believe, with their French Ridge IPA. Uh, I enjoy it's it's very nice. Uh, and so the first one I'll talk about is their uh, Nut House, which is their peanut butter. I think it's porter. Okay. No, no I'm doubting myself in the moment. <laughs> um, but th- you know, there there are a lot of uh, peanut butter, you know, porter stouts out there right now, uh, and. I find they're really hit and miss and this one hits. Uh, but I, I'm curious as to what they use in this because on the can, it says, you know, with artificial peanut butter. Oh, um, so I don't know what that means. Um, so I'm curious, uh, you know, what they add, but it, it comes across really well in the flavor. 
um, which was always my issue when, when I was homebrewing it. I could get a nice like peanut butter aroma, uh, but, but the flavor. It, was, it was harder to get to come through in the flavor. Yeah. Um, so, I, but this, this one's really nice and I enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, the Millersburg nut house okay. is a, is a good one. And then, uh, the other one from them that I just had and enjoyed is their major Holmes, which is a double IPA. Uh, and so just kind of con- continuing on their, uh, tradition of nice IPA with the French Ridge, uh, this major Holmes was just fantastic. Um, nice uh citrus a little bit of tropical in there um really easy to drink uh so i really enjoyed that one and i'm i i wish that uh i could bring in a keg of it i probably i probably could but i don't know that we're we're not going through our guest drafts very quickly Mm -hmm. um you know because thankfully the people that are coming in are looking for our beer um so I, i don't know that i could bring in a keg and have it still in good shape by the time we rotated in so but may have to take a chance okay so the so these uh so you don't have these on draft right now you just had these in when you in cans yeah okay yeah but they are available to me in draft so okay yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean uh, it sounds like it might be something if you i mean if you can't get uh if if you're not going to be doing a, a peanut butter beer Anytime soon, it might that might actually you know work out okay if you got it on if you did get a guest tap eventually with one of the, one of their with this beer, it might actually yeah. sell pretty good. Yeah, so uh, they they've continued to impress me. I, I'm not sure I've had a bad beer from them of what I picked up. So and the, good stuff. Th- this is an Ohio brewery, then. Yep. Okay. Yep. Is it close by? No. No? Okay. I don't know where I Millersburg, I was guessing it was Pennsylvania because most cities in Pennsylvania have a burg in them. But Yeah. <laughs> like Philadelphia Burg. Yeah, Philadelphia Burg. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I think it's like an hour and a half from here, but I'd I'd have to consult a map. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Okay, that's it, huh? Just two beers? That was all that yeah, uh, made this. My beer consumption has gone way down. Whoa. Opening a brewery. <laughs> now, now you see so much beer, you just get tired of it. You don't want to drink anymore. No, it's more, I'm working so hard that, <laughs> and then like working late hours and, you know, it's just beer and hard labor and then driving home. does not mix. So yeah, it's during clear. Yeah. That's why you should just, you should just, you know, put your house on the premises. Then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, I need to just take one of these rooms and just put a cot in there <laughs> and a mini fridge. Yeah, home away from home. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for uh, sharing those beers. I know that uh, our Ohio listeners will probably enjoy trying those. Uh, I don't, I'm guessing they don't distribute too far away from home, so that might be harder for some of our listener, other listeners, but... I might try them when I come visit you. Try some Millersburg since you give them high praise. Okay, so guess what? We had a voicemail. And uh, the voicemail is from Chad LaMassa. So let's go ahead and listen to what Chad had to say. Hey, guys. It's Chad in Baltimore. Uh, I was just calling. I finished uh, episode 93 and learned quite a bit about the spontaneous uh, fermentation versus wild beer. 
I was one of those people that thought that was basically the same thing and used those terms interchangeably. So that's pretty cool. Um, just, I don't know, just keep up the great work. Uh, my birthday is next Wednesday, the 21st. Uh, so I'll be having a beer and hopefully you guys can, uh, give me a cheers or something in the next episode or on, on tap. Have a good day. Bye. Okay. Well, thank you, Chad. And we, at Tap the Craft, want to wish you a big, giant, happy birthday. Sorry that it's yes. coming a few days late. Yes, happy birthday. We want to thank you for your voicemail. And, of course, uh, I, I apologize that I, I missed cheer, cheering you on Untapped. Also, I should have been more aware of that. I, I knew your birthday was coming up because I listened to the voicemail ahead of time. But it was a busy week last week, so uh, sorry. You're an awful podcast host. I, I am. I should be more aware of my listeners' uh, needs. All right, Chad. And one other thing is I agree with you with the fact that you mentioned that a lot of people think spontaneous fermentation and wild beer are one and the same. And that's the reason why we kind of wanted to go about uh, teaching people about the differences in uh, sour beers, you know, from sour beer to wild beer to spontaneous fermentation beer. So I'm glad that we were able to enlighten you. We also got a, a number of other uh, comments from people that they were also enlightened. So it was a it was a good episode, and it did exactly what I was hoping it would do: educate. All right, we also uh, got some other feedback. Uh, again, we had a ton of feedback. I'm only going to kind of highlight a couple of the, the ones I think can make some good conversation for John and I. And uh, But before I get into that feedback, um, I do want to mention that, I, that we did have that Twitter poll. And the Twitter poll that we had for last couple weeks was, what's your favorite style of sour type beers? And we had a total of 13 votes, which uh, is better. It's not bad. 13 votes for sour beer is not bad because I know there's a lot of people that still – I got a lot of feedback on Twitter that people, you know, sour beers just aren't their thing and they wouldn't feel right, uh, you know, voting. And that's why I did a different poll this, this for this next couple of weeks, which I'll talk about in a minute. But here's the results. We had, uh, four choices. I'll start with the, the ones that had the least amount of votes and then the one that won it. And, uh, the one that had, uh, exactly one vote was the Berliner Weiss. Yes, uh, I, I think that this poor style, is it's a fantastic style, but I don't think people realize uh, what it is, maybe, and they just aren't gravitating towards it. I recommend, if you are getting into sour beers, the Berliner Weiss is a very good one to start with. That and, the, and of course, the Goza. Number two, with uh, exactly two votes, was the American Wild Ale. We had two people that said that was their favorite. Uh, with three votes, we had the Goza. And then the winner with seven votes is the Lambic. Now, does that surprise you, John? Uh, at first it did, and then yeah. I was like, oh, wait, but, you know, Lindemann's, like, yeah. you know, raspberry stuff, and that, like, all, that all qualifies under yeah. there. So yeah. I could see that, that that's how people would get into that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little bit surprised also, but then I realized the same thing is that, it, again, if you're going to have an entry level into a sour style beard, then the Lambic is a good one to, especially the, the more fruity ones, are a good start because a lot of times they're not too acidic and too, 
you know, too tart. They're just got a little bit just to get you, uh, you know, a lot of fruit, a lot of fruit character. So yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised, but then not too surprised after I thought about it. Okay, so now the current Twitter poll going on, which you have until Sunday afternoon to go ahead and vote. And we've already had over 20 votes just in two hours that I posted this thing. So we already almost doubled the amount of, of people voting uh, on our last poll on this poll in just two hours. So I'm hoping we're going to have a good, solid number of uh, entries. So the, the poll is, what is your favorite beer style? to drink in winter. And I gave you guys four choices. I can only choose four things on the Twitter poll. IPA, porter, stout, or lager. So you got, if you're gonna choose one of those four, what is your favorite style of drink during winter? So John, what's your favorite style to drink during winter? Are we gonna cloud the poll? I mean, no, there's still gonna be time. No, but I'm just curious. Okay, we'll talk about this. Okay, let's go back. We're rewinding. John, yeah. what is your favorite? Look at the yeah, the sour type of sour. Uh, of the choices, the choices. presented to yep. me, yeah, I think I would go with the Goza. Okay, mainly due to like good examples being like readily available mm -hmm. or more readily available. Um, I I would throw a close second to the lambic. Okay, um, but. I can't get my hands on that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. more easily. Yeah. So, yeah. well, good. I, um, I'll, I'll reveal what my vote was. I actually voted in the poll too, because I had to get things started. I also was torn between two styles between the Goza and the Blender Vice, because I have a love for both these styles, but I think the choice I, Went ahead and in my gut, I went with was the Goza. Uh, I was really hoping you were the lone Berliner Weiss. <laughs> no, there was uh, I, the the Berliner Weiss was actually Travis uh, voted for that one, even though he didn't actually hit the vote button. He he commented on it saying that Berliner Weiss is his favorite, but then he never clicked the button to vote on it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and count his vote in the in the poll because I know he voted for it, but he didn't actually hit the vote button. So. Uh, yeah, so he Travis was the the lone Berliner Weiss, but yeah, Goza was was one of my choices. I love the Goza style, and I think because I can get so many more Gozas that it's kind of my go-to. Because Berliner Weiss, even though there are some really good ones out there, it's just not a widely brewed beer right now, and I'm hoping that changes, and more people get into it and can make some really good Berliner Weiss beer. Okay. Let's move on. So we had some other feedback, and we had an email from our friend Tom Joseph. And uh, we're going to split this into a couple sections. So, John, why don't you hit us off on the first part of his email? All right. So Sam says, I have seen a lot of the trends you mentioned coming up around me in Virginia. Northeast IPAs are still the biggest thing right now, though, and I'm not complaining. I like that Sierra Nevada and New Belgium are doing more hoppy things and getting them out nationwide. I know when you guys mentioned those that uh, most listeners can get them. I have tried all the ones you mentioned. I like the new Belgium Juicy Voodoo Ranger the best. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I I enjoyed that Juicy Ranger. Now you you've you've tried it too, haven't you, John? No, I actually oh. haven't tried that. Although I did uh, hear a story that I'm assuming is related to this beer from a distributor oh. that stopped by to talk to me. 
in which they, uh, so, you know, they have their brewery in Fort Collins and Asheville mm-hmm. that they work out of and brewing the, the two beers from there, they were able to get flavor match and aroma match and all that, but they could not get, uh, an appearance match mm. from the beers. Yeah. And they dumped oh. all the beer from one of the breweries oh and gosh. went forward with trying to fulfill national orders from one brewery. Oh, wow. So, yeah. From the appearance. Yeah. That's amazing because, I mean, were they afraid that people were going to, I, I, they, I, I, what's the complaint? It's it, The one they went with was not cloudy enough. It was too clear. Well, I mean, you know, I I didn't get specifics, but you know, I could imagine with you know the expectation of these beers now that it is cloudy. You know, if maybe yeah. one came out crystal clear, yeah, and they they couldn't market it as you know what it was, yeah, you know, even though it had this exact same flavor or you know met their flavor standards or however they do it. So wow, wow, yeah. Well, I'm glad I got a six pack of it because I enjoyed the six pack that I drank. Um, it's it's a good one. I I enjoyed that that Voodoo Ranger uh, also. So if you still can find it, go try it and let us know what you think of it. All right, I'm going to continue on with uh, with Tom's uh, email. He says one thing I did want to mention is a can jam that he attended. I know you guys like the beer festivals, but I really don't go to them. I hate the idea of paying to drink and then feeling that I need to drink so much to get my money's worth and try everything. And the crowds. I'm not a crowd person. The can jam was at Triple Crossing, but they got the idea from Threes Brewing in New York. And he had a link to, uh, w- to ediblebrooklyn.com event with the can jam. So this is kind of a, a something I have never heard of, and it is interesting. And John, why don't you go ahead and he goes in and explains exactly what the can jam is. So go ahead and continue on with his ex- explanation. Yeah. So he's basically hard to get breweries from New York, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, as well as Virginia, sent down cans of their beer. So I thought they would have sent reps to talk to, but really they don't distribute to this area, so probably no sense. Then you bought tickets for $6 each and picked out a can. Uh, Triple Crossing opened the can. Uh, there was no offsite for the beers. You could not take them home for consumption and you were provided with cups to share. Uh, that is what most people did. Uh, they would buy several beers and have shares around their table. So my group got to try eight beers from places like Hoofhearted here in Columbus, mm. uh, Civil Society, Dancing Gnome, and Sand City, uh, stuff we cannot get here. I thought it was a great day. You only bought what you wanted. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting concept that um, I can appreciate. And it's something that I, if, if it starts happening around the nation and it comes here to the Boise area, I would be very much, uh, into, you know, signing up and, and joining. Now, I, I wonder, I mean, it's $6 to get into the event and get one beer. Then I, I wasn't so sure if every beer after that was also $6 or if it was like a, a reduced price for if you wanted to buy additional beers and drink them there. I don't, I don't know, but, but still, if they're really good beers that you can't get normally, then it's might be worth this, you know, the heavy price of, of paying $6 for a 12 ounce can of beer. Um, have you ever heard of this, John, or done something like this? I've heard of this because I believe in addition to hoof hearted from here in Columbus, I think seventh son 
that we're getting our brew house yeah. from was at this event as okay. well. I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't find even the list of everybody that was there. Um, but the can jam was familiar to me and maybe they were at a different event and I'm mixing things up, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I I've heard of, of these. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that, Tom. That's something that, uh, I really appreciate. And you know, you bring up a point, uh, I've mentioned on the show before that sometimes festivals, especially the ones where you buy an entry for a certain price, you can drink all you want that you want to make sure that you get your money's worth by either, drinking as much as you can or by utilizing all your tickets i've i've mentioned both types of of ones and and it can be difficult you know i i mentioned that at the uh october festival one year they gave me 20 tickets 20 drink tickets to drink big high alcohol fresh hopped beers and I literally could only get through 15 before I had to give my last five away because I just couldn't drink 20 beers. I mean, it was a lot of beer, and I didn't want to overdo it and feel sick. So I understand exactly what you mean about the, the cost. Now, you know, you take yourself and your wife. You Maybe you buy uh, uh, two beers each. You've paid 24 bucks for the two of you, and you got to enjoy uh, some beers in, in, that you couldn't get normally, and and that that makes sense. I I can see the enjoying that too. He last finishes up with this last paragraph, saying, "Last thing, you guys have mentioned before about breweries suing others for beer names that are the same or similar, or even beers that are similar to non-beer drinks. You have also talked about Mother Earth brewing a lot. I have had Mother Earth beer, but from North Carolina." How does this happen? No lawsuits? They just peacefully coexist? And he also listed two two internet links, one to each of the different breweries. One, Mother Earth Brewing Company, that is in California and in Napa, Idaho. And the other is Mother Earth Brewing, or, yeah, Brew Company is the one that's in California and Idaho. And the other one is Mother Earth Brewing, which is in North Carolina. They are two separate breweries. Yet, nobody is, as far as we understand, is suing each other because they share the same name and the beers, uh, you know, might get confused. Now, of course, they're on opposite sides of the country, but in dealing with people that, you know, with a show that live in North Carolina that talk to me about enjoying Mother Earth beer, thinking that I'm drinking the same beer they are, there's been misunderstandings even with my dealings with people. So I can see that it definitely could be a problem if you don't understand that the the beers that you're talking about are might be from different breweries. So, John, what do you think about this? Yeah, but as far as the law is concerned, as long as you're not passing it off, trying to sell it as something else, they don't really care. And the the way that this you know would likely end up resolving itself, you know, if they ever did, you know, uh, have any kind of conflict, is that the North Carolina brewery would have established itself in North Carolina and on the East coast mm-hmm. and mother from California and Idaho would either have to not sell in those States or uh, do business under a different name um, in those States because oh. the North Carolina brewery would have already established precedence yeah. um, in that area and same with flipping it to the other coast. Okay. Um, but basically, you know, <clears throat> if I had, a, you know, 
heretic beer company that I had started here and we just had our little pub, um, I could uh, file that I, you know, had that name, that trade name in this area and I could stop, you know, heretic brewing from distributing into my area or they would have to, you know, license the ability to use that name in that area from me. Um, So the, and Heretic has done that with uh, Evil Twin Brewing. Mm. They've licensed them to use the name uh, Evil Twin because they had a trademark on that name. Who? Um, wait a minute. Heretic had a trademark on Evil Twin because of their beer name? Yes. Wow. Because um, wasn't Evil Twin Brewing I, no, uh, around before Heretic? I would... I think so, but I would have to look it all up. But he's, uh, Jamil has talked about it and they don't like charge them. They, they made them pay like a dollar to make it official, but really the terms are dictating how they can write the name, like in the, the oh, fonts okay. and everything. Like, okay. So there's no, um, so it's very specific in how they can and cannot, uh, have like evil twin written on the bottle or okay. printed on the bottle. I got you. Know? you. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah I mean, that stuff is all really convoluted and a lot of it doesn't make any sense to most of us mm-hmm. and like well they were here first so you know obviously that matters but it, it doesn't matter if the other company has established a, a national brand or a regional brand and they have you know uh, i don't know it, there's yeah it's it's it gets crazy yeah so okay okay well it was a good question thank you tom uh I, I mean, I didn't even think about, I mean, I, I have thought about people getting confused when I say mother earth. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good question to bring up and, and, uh, I, I'm going to keep enjoying my mother earth, my mother earth beer company beer here in Idaho. I, I love their beer. All right. And our, our good buddy, uh, Alex Fuchs commented on our Facebook page. Uh, thanks for the episode. I love John talking about educating his staff at the brewery about their beer is very important and makes a huge difference for the visitors. I wish more bar owners and servers in Israel would educate themselves like you do. Thanks for another great reason to come visit your brewery besides Denny buying the drinks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have to get, I'm going to have to get your tab started soon. <laughs> You know. <laughs> for sure for sure yeah he um and one thing is is alex does not like anything tart or sour he is not a fan of sour beers but he still listened to the whole show enjoyed what we had to talk about and uh, and, and of course enjoyed the the other comments or question the other uh, content that we talked about as far as you and, and educating your staff, which is fantastic. I agree a hundred percent that the, the more educated the staff is of the, of the beer and the brewery and the process, then the better the experience for the customer is going to be because they're going to be able to just, uh, you know, provide a lot of information. And, and when you know that when, the, when the staff, is confident and and comfortable talking about beer, then people are going to be more comfortable drinking the beer too, I think. So thanks you, Alex, for, for that great uh, comment. All right. We did have a listener question too, John, uh, Chad Lamasa. He left us a question on Twitter. He asks, have any of you guys tried Steve Austin's beer from El Segundo brewery? 
I hear him mention it on his podcast all the time, but it's not available in Baltimore. Just curious if it's any good. So, John, first off, have you had this beer? No. Okay. I looked up it on Untapped, and uh, Chris has not had it either, at least on Untapped, and I have not had it. Uh, we don't get El Segundo beer here, and I haven't visited uh, L.A. area uh, in some time. But when I do visit L.A., I will be visiting this brewery and trying their beer. So we cannot, you know, from our own personal experience, help you, Chad. But guess what? We will provide you with some information about the beer because that's what we're all about is education. So El Segundo Brewing has a beer called Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. And they, they, this is what they say. It's a badass IPA designed by Steve Austin and El Segundo Brewing Company for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hops to deliver a big flavor with an easy finish. comes in a 650-milliliter bottle. Uh, it's 6.7% alcohol by volume. And is it any good? Well, let's ask our experts over at Untapped Beer Advocate and Rate Beer. Untapped gives it a 3.91 average rating across all of its drinkers. Beer Advocate also gives it a 3.91 rating out of 5 from all of its uh, raters. And Rate Beer gives it a 90. So I think it's pretty good. What do you think, John? Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> rated nicely. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I well, that's all we can just take it out of space, I guess. Yeah, it's I'll say that it's something that uh, I I think if you made an effort to get a bottle uh, that you'd enjoy it because it's about a four, uh, a four out of five rating and four out of five is above average for sure in in beer. All right. Well, thank you, Chad, for the great question. Also, we really appreciate it. We got to learn something ourselves because. I knew that Steve Austin had a beer, but because, um, you know, I just can't drink it, I would never really kind of uh, made an effort to find out about it, but now we did. All right, and if you would like to contact the show with comments and questions like all of our great listeners did, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at taptocraft. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And don't forget, we do have our voicemail number. You can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY to leave feedback or questions and have your voice heard on the show like Chad did. And, of course, the number can be found in the episode description for easy access. I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show, providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you will find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openforumradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, Thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss the Baltic Porter style of beer. And just to let everyone know, I got this information from the wikibrew.com page on Baltic Porter, as well as from the BJCP 2015 style guidelines. 
So let's just go into basically what is a Baltic Porter. A Baltic Porter is a very high alcohol, sweet, robust porter that originated in the Baltic states. Baltic Porter reflects both the character of original British porters and the character of sweeter, highly alcoholic Russian Imperial Stouts. It's very complex with multi-layered malt and dark fruit flavors. So John, how about some history on the Baltic Porter? Yeah, so as you mentioned, the style uh, started in the Baltic states, uh, Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, and also in Finland, Poland, and Russia uh, in the 18th century. Uh, it was der derived from English porters that were introduced to the Baltics in the 18th century. Uh, the higher alcohol content and sweet multi character shares much in common with more robust Russian imperial stouts. Uh, Baltic porters were largely forgotten in the West until the fall of the Iron Curtain in the late 1980s when craft brewers reintroduced the style. Yeah, and uh, and there's more history that I read up on. I just didn't want to, you know, fill you guys with too much of, you know, old history. But it even even in the 80s when it first kind of was reinvigorated, it, it still didn't have a, a huge following until, I mean, until now there's you know more breweries are starting to to brew the style because it's kind of a unique style uh i i don't think we really talk too much about it but one of the unique things about this beer is that it's a porter but it is commonly brewed with using a lager yeast and using bottom fermenting yeast at colder temperatures to produce the beer so it's it kind of gives you the character of a porter but with you know it's really kind of a lager a lager uh well, it is a lager, and that's what a lot of people don't realize yeah. when talking about the style. So. But it's a it is a lager, but um, you can also brew it using ale yeast at colder mm -hmm. temperatures too, right? So does that still make it a lager? You, no, but it also doesn't <laughs> technically make it a Baltic porter. <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. I mean, you can make a pilsner with an ale yeast fermented cold, but it, you know that would make it a Kolsch then, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> oh, because coals can only be in uh, uh, Cologne, uh, Germany. That's right. Um, maybe technically, but you know, it's yeah. Anyway, okay, I get sidetracked. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go into some description. Now, this is just general description of the aroma and flavors and, and the characteristics you can get from a Baltic porter. So it's full bodied. It's going to be smooth. Uh, there's be some aged alcohol warmth to it. Also, you'll have a little bit of sweet, malty, and roasted flavor that stops just short of being kind of the burnt uh, character. It's medium to low bitterness. There could be some dark fruits, some caramel, toffee, and even some currant flavors to add to the complexity. It's medium to medium high carbonation. Traditional beer from countries bordering the Baltic Sea. That's where this style comes from is, is those countries. But, you know, we, we do have... Uh, American breweries brewing the style too, which we'll, we will talk about later. It's a cross between an English porter that's influenced also by Russian stouts, rich malty sweetness with complex blend of deep malts. And John, why don't you go into the uh, vital statistics as well as the ingredients that can be found in these beers? Sure. So uh, vital statistics, the bitterness uh, ranges from 20 to 40 IBU. So not, not a lot of bitterness in there as expected and alcohol by volume, uh, actually has a pretty wide range from mm -hmm. five and a half percent to nine and a half percent. So, yeah. uh, although I don't know, 
I've had many that were lower yeah. in that range. Yeah, so. most of them are big. Yeah. Um, but ingredients, I uh, have a Munich or Vienna malt base, uh, deep bitter chocolate or black malt uh, in there with continental hops uh, to balance. So uh, that'd be a, like a, a saws type type hop. Um, crystal brown or amber malts to add to complexity. Um, brown or amber malt is common in historical recipes. And as we mentioned, uh, typically we'd, you'd use a lager yeast. If you're using L yeast, uh, I stick with that cold fermentation mm-hmm. to keep those esters at bay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kind of a, a unique uh, style. Now I, I've had a, I've had a few of the different Baltic porters. Um, I'm going to list some commercial examples that uh, you might be able to find out in the wild. Uh, I I've actually only had, uh, actually none of the ones that they actually mentioned here. Have I had, Oh, I've had one. You've had one. Okay. So let's go, let me go ahead and list, list these. So they have Alderas Portier, Port, Porteris, must be uh, European. Uh, Baltica number six porter, the Devil's Backbone Danzig, Akasim Ak- porter, Sein Breikoff porter, Zywik porter, Duck Rabbit Baltic porter, Smutty Nose Baltic porter, and Lacumbre Brewing Siberian Silk. Do we need to take the Smutty Nose Baltic porter off the list now? So. It's so not officially no, gone, right? It's not officially <laughs> gone. And in fact, it's, uh, I mean, I, it's on the list for a reason because we're going to talk a little bit more detail about that beer. But as you mentioned, John, the, the actual auction doesn't happen until next month. So there's still time for right. this to stay alive <laughs> and, and, and have the whole smutty nose brewery name and everything sold off to someone else that can keep it alive. That would be great. Uh, now, just to keep in mind, the BJCP style category for this is in the strong European beer under Baltic Porter. So it's a strong European beer category, uh, Baltic Porter sub subcategory. So if you want to look it up, um, there's a lot more details. We, I decided on this not to go into details on the actual style guidelines like we normally do. I wanted to make it a little bit more, a uh, little bit shorter, quick, concise. Uh, but I wanted to go in and, and share a little bit more on some of the porters that you can find uh, out in the in the wild and give you some details on that and instead of just talking about the styles themselves. So let's check out a few of the available Baltic porters. So, John, why don't you go ahead and start with the first one? All right. Uh, so first up, we have the Devil's Backbone uh, Danzig Baltic Porter, which is out of... Uh... Roseland, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, Baltic, uh, Baltic style porter that blends a strong English porter with a Germanic lager approach, uh, fairly robust, strong black lager has notes of chocolate and coffee with hints of caramelized sugar. Uh, it's black roast and chocolate in there. So it's vital stats at clocks in at 8%, 28 IBUs, winter beer mm-hmm. and six packs. Yeah, so. yeah. Only in January and February is it available. So right now, if you are listening to this, go to your store and see if you can get uh, one of these uh, six packs or at least a beer to try before it's all gone. Yeah, and uh, they use a Pilsner Vienna base with some dark Munich brown malt, chocolate wheat, caramel, and Carafa Two Special with some Northern Brewer and Tetang hops, mm. and it's one gold. For the style at uh, GABF in 2016, as well as silver in 2009 and 
2012 and bronze in 2013. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's a decent beer. I mean, it's won awards. Uh, it's got some ratings too. Uh, yeah. Untapped, it's uh, 3.83. Composite, Beer Advocate, 3.91. And Rate Beer at 97. Yeah. So it seems like a pretty good one. Have you had that one, John? Nope. In fact, what have you? Which one did you have of the of the ones we listed earlier? The Baltica number six. Oh, Baltica. So it must be when you were doing your BJCP training. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we in Seattle we had a full Baltica line or a number of Baltica beers available to us. Okay. So I've had quite a few of theirs. Okay. Nice. Nice. All right. The next one I want to talk about is the one that John already mentioned about might not being around very much longer. That's from Smutty Nose. Uh, Smutty Nose Baltic Porter is what it's called. And again, Smutty Nose is out of Hampton, New Hampshire. They are up for sale or auction. Hopefully they'll be sold before they have to be auctioned. Keep, keep the beer alive. But we were curious whether or not they, you know, I, I have, I, I have, I don't, I don't think I've had any of their beer. So it was hard for me to know if they were making good beer or not. And I think we're going to find that this Baltic Porter is a gym in their uh, lineup of beers. So they, this is what they say about the beer. It's dark and bold from the hinterland to you. Indigenous to North Europe, Northern Europe, Baltic Porters historically stem from the shipping of British Porters to the Russian hinterland. Unlike their British cousins, the Baltic Porters are often brewed with lager yeast, which is the tradition we follow. So they at uh, Smutty Nose actually use lager yeast in their Baltic Porter. So you can call it a real Baltic Porter, just not from the Baltics. It's big, bold, with flavors of coffee, dark fruit, and raisins. This black beer is smooth as chocolate swirl. Wow, that sounds pretty nice. Another thing I've heard a lot of uh, when describing these Baltic Porters is they pretty much are like a... Um, a Swartz beer, right, John? Or kind of similar to that, but just a little bit amped up version of a Swartz beer or black lager. Mm, yeah, you I think? would say very amped up. I mean, you're not going to get any of that dark fruit kind of character in a that's Swartz true. beer. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, okay. I I don't know. I, I think that's a little reductive. Okay, never mind then. We'll just ignore the uh, the Swartz beer. But it is black and it is lager. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, the alcohol by volume, 9%. Again, right up there at the higher end of the the alcohol. IBUs right at the highest limit of 40. Available year-round in 12-ounce four-packs. So this is a beer that they make year-round, which, again, we know that lagers take longer to um, get ready to drink. They take longer fermentation time because that cold lagering takes time. So they're putting a lot of effort and a lot of time in their, in their storage for... Uh, producing this beer around the entire year, which I don't know. What do you think, John? Is it, is it a, do you think it's a good idea to, to put as much effort and resources into a Baltic Porter to have year round? Or do you think it's better to put that effort in at a time when people want to be drinking heavy, uh, dark beers? Well, if people buy it year round, then yeah. yeah. I mean, if that's what the, the people want, okay. give the people what they want. I yeah. mean, I well, but keep in mind they are kind of struggling right now, so maybe. Yeah, but I would probably feel confident going out on a limb that it's not due to Baltic Porter being okay. around. 
<laughs> okay, I'll buy that too. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe they, their whole expansion was pinned on keeping Baltic Porter available year round, and then and I'll then just that was have it. Yeah, they, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll have to research that for sure. Get back to me on that, John, with your answer. Yeah, we'll do some crack research. <laughs> Okay, some ingredients that are used uh, in the beer, and I and it, I'm really appreciative that both these two breweries both put pretty much put out what the, you know what how, how they brew it right. They put the ingredients. So North American two real malt with along with some Munich uh, ten Levibon malt, some Kara Munich, some Kara Hell, and some Carafa two DH. Not sure what that is, but John, I'm sure you are familiar with Carafil 2 DH. Carafa 2, yeah. It's the same that was used in the. Uh, oh, okay. Carafa 2. All right. Yeah. And uh, this hops, Sterling. Um, and yeast, Old Bavarian Lager Yeast. So they're, they're definitely. That's one thing I couldn't figure. I couldn't find whether or not the um, Devil's Backbone actually used was was using lagering or ale yeast um they they didn't specify so i'm not sure how it's actually done yeah yeast is actually one of those things that that tends to be the point that a lot of breweries clam up yeah um and they'll say well it's kind of like this yeah because they've kind of developed an in-house you know strain or something like that and it's technically not on the market but it really it is if you just go buy it so okay they don't want to say what it is. Okay. So ratings, uh, untapped 3.9, uh, beer advocate 4.25. So yeah, it kind of gets over that four hump and rate beer. Yes. One, a perfect 100 from rate beer. Uh, so this so is it's a, decent. So it's decent. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's <laughs> worth trying, I guess. So this one, um, Hey, before, they don't brew anymore. You better go get some and try it because this is a good beer. All you guys out there in the East Coast that can get this beer, go try it before it's all gone. Uh, I know that uh, I, I was looking through my friends that have had had the beer, and, and Devious Mr. Matt has had this beer. He bought it just because the label was cool, but then he really enjoyed it too. So, hey, cool label and uh, good beer. Can't go wrong there. All right, John. We have one more brewery I want to talk about um and this is uh this is kind of a uh a beer that's not around all the time so it's got a very uh limited uh time that they actually brew it so go ahead and hit us with our last <laughs> brewery yeah extremely limited yeah um which is Alaskans brewing uh their pilot series Baltic Porter uh so yeah their pilot series is just they short run beers that may only pop up every few years mm-hmm. uh like this one that we'll get to but uh alaskan baltic porter is a deep dense beer with an intricate array of aromas and flavors derived from su- substantial amounts of specialty malts dark black cherries and whole gourmet vanilla beans uh, aging on toasted french oak adds further complexity uh they say to enjoy this brew now or age it for several years uh, so this beer has a longer life than lighter styles, allowing it to develop rich new flavors over time. And, um, the characteristics, uh, full bodied and jet black in color with brilliant garnet highlights and a dense tan head. 
Baltic Porter's smooth, deep maltiness is accentuated by raisin and licorice notes, as well as <laughs> chocolate and mild coffee characters. A lot of stuff going on in there. Yes. Uh, a touch of cherry and dried fruit flavors are also evident with a mellow vanilla background rounding the finish. Gosh, how can you go wrong with this thing? It sounds awesome. Yeah. And, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, uh, the oak brings hits of bourbon and hot toffee uh, to this richly flavorful beer. Um, I, although I haven't had this beer, but I would guess that it's just the vanilla along with a little oakiness mm -hmm. makes people think of bourbon. Yeah. But there's not no, actually, I, yeah. you know, yep. that character coming through. But anyway, uh, clocks in at 9.8% with uh, 53 IBUs. Yeah. Availability. Uh, First released in 2008, and then in 2009, then not till 2012, and then not again till December of 2017. <laughs> yeah, five-year uh, hiatus. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to guess this isn't available anymore, um, but if you can find it, it's got a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Um, ingredients, we've mentioned cherries, brown sugar, vanilla beans, and French oak chips, and that's all I'm going to tell you because that's all they tell us. That's all they so. give. They won't give anything else. I was so disappointed that everyone else gave so much information and they just gave the adjuncts they put in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the ratings, uh, untapped 3.89, uh, beer ad kit 4.15, and rate beer 99. 99. 99. I think it's safe to say this is not true to style. No. No, it's not true to style. <laughs> Although, um, in the style, they do say that there's that a lot of the beers can have adjuncts, you know, stuff put in to, to give it more complex characters. But as you mentioned, ABV above the normal, right? 9.5 is usually the cutoff. It's 9.8. And then the IBUs yeah, normally to 40, it's 53, you know. Yeah, but uh, alcohol and IBUs is all about perception when it comes to judging. Mm -hmm. So that 3%, unless this is really hot beer, yeah, it wouldn't get dinged for it. And the same with the IBU. If, with the cherries and vanilla, it's going to balance that out. You'd never, you'd never say, oh, this is over 40. Because yeah. I think uh, like very experienced palates can get down to like a 5 IBU difference that they can tell. But most people like 10 is being generous on like, the difference that you can tell. Okay. So, okay. I, I've had this beer before. It's not in my untap, but I've had this beer. I don't know if it was before. Maybe I had the 2008, 2009, 2012. Well, 2012, I should have logged it, but I've had this beer and looking through my untapped, um, since I joined untapped, I think in 2011, um, it's not showing up. But uh, I've had it, and it is good. Uh, it is big. It's a big beer, and but it is tasty. And I I was actually out looking for this beer for the show, and I, I can't find it in my area. I, I was disappointed because I wanted to kind of drink it uh, on the show while we were talking about it so that I can give my opinion uh, in real time. But sorry, guys. Didn't work out. Man, just disappointing us all. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that is our little bit of education brew buzz segment on the Baltic Porter. If you have any questions or any comments you want to add to what we had to say about your experiences, please feel free to write in and let us know about your experiences. And, of course, we mentioned in the last show that we did, we have a contest going on. We had a contest the last couple of weeks. Uh, 
It's our third shirt giveaway from our friends at Hopcloth. The, the winner will take home a drink beer from here shirt with their choice of state. Uh, it was super easy to enter. All you had to do was, uh, you know, do a few things. You got a, a entry into it and in random.org would decide your fate. Uh, we did have 63 entries in this contest. Not too bad. And our third contest winner is the drum roll. There we go. Thank you. Is our buddy Chad Lamasa from Baltimore. Happy birthday, Chad. You just won yourself a hop cloth t-shirt. So, uh, Chad, please contact us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com with your choice of state, color, and size of shirt, along with your shipping address, and we will have that shirt delivered to you. And, of course, just visit hopcloth.com and check out the options for the drink beer from here shirt. All right. That's pretty awesome, Chad. Uh, not only did he get us a voicemail and a question, but he also got to win our contest. And uh, he was one of the guys that did have multiple entries in. So it does pay to have multiple entries. Uh, the last uh, two winners, for sure, have had multiple entries and helped them win. Okay, John, guess what? It's time to wrap this show up. But before we wrap it up, let's go ahead and take a few minutes to raise a glass to some people we want to raise a glass to. So who would you like to raise a glass to this week? All right. Well, I just want to raise a glass to uh, everybody that uh, came out to Trek for the Soft Open and made those a success. You know, that gives us a lot of uh, a lot of good juju moving forward. Yeah. So uh, it's just awesome. And it's pretty much been all that it's been on my mind for a while. <laughs> I bet. I, as Denny can attest, I totally forgot about uh, recording until this afternoon when I was like, hey, are we supposed to do this today? <laughs> so um been a little preoccupied. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm glad that uh, everything's coming together. Okay. So. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I toast all the the people that have come and and had a good time at Trek Brewing, and I look forward to hearing about all the other fun, entertaining times that people have uh, over the years. Be, be great. Well, I also have a, a, a couple people I want to toast. First of all, I want to toast Fluxapose for hitting four years and two hundred episodes. Uh, Jason and Lucas are uh, good friends of the show, and they. Uh, provide a lot of content, uh, you know, not maybe not a lot of content, but a lot of uh, interaction with the show over the years, and I really appreciate that. And they had a, a you know, being around for four years is no, hey, that, that it's it takes a lot of commitment to put out a show every week. They put a show every week out. We only put a show out every two weeks. So, uh, cheers to them. I also want to mention that they also started a beer exchange group, and uh, I'm I joined into that beer exchange group and we're going to do our first beer exchange uh in this uh in the month of march and i think there's about eight or nine well hopefully there's even amount of people there's like eight people that have joined in from around the country that will be uh you know every every couple months we'll be getting together and trading off beers uh not to everyone you'll just you know you'll get matched up with one other person and then you you get what the beers they, styles they like, and you try to find things in your area that they can't get that might they might enjoy, and we just trade beers for four to six beers a piece. Um, hey, if you're interested, get a hold of Fluxapose. Uh, you can either 
find them on Facebook at Flexipose. Just search Flexipose. Or if you want me uh, to get you in contact with them, just uh, you know, find me on on uh, email or uh, Twitter, and I will get you in touch with them if you want to join the group and and share beer from your area. Uh, so I'll let you know how that goes uh, as as uh, we get through the the first trade. And also, of course, again, I just want to thank Chad Lamasa for all your interaction with us this uh, this show, and of course for winning the T-shirt. And happy birthday to you! And one other shout out for sure goes. I want to raise my glass to William Lake. Uh, he just a few days ago had the his wife gave birth to their firstborn child, a son. So he is now a proud father. And uh, just raise my glass to you, William. Congratulations and enjoy fatherhood for sure. Yes, congratulations. All right. And of course, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass and thank all of those who have served and who are currently serving in U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I just want to raise my glass and say thank you and return home safe with your families very soon. And of course, we want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us and providing the shirt for our contest. I encourage all of our listeners to go to this, to their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative beer clothing. And of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT, one word, at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped, Prime WA. And you can follow Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing or visit the website trekbeer.com. Yes, you can. Go visit trekbeer.com for sure. All right. And come visit Trek Brewing. Yes. I can say it now. Yes. Come visit (laughs) Trek Brewing. Come, come visit Trek Brewing for sure. And they're on Untapped. I just favorited you, so now I should be getting uh, updates when you, you know, put new beers on the on the uh, app. Yeah. So when I mean, we have our our menu that we have on our digital board in the tap room, and I'll be publishing that, you know, this week. So oh. you'll actually get notified. Okay. Maybe, good. Depending on what your settings are. So yeah, I, I want it to be yeah, I want it to be uh, updated so I can see every time I get notified every time you you put a new beer so I can be informed. I want to be informed. Now I better be seeing Trek beers being l- logged in there, not so many uh, guest taps. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I hope so too. So all right, all right, guys, it's last call. It's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or Podbean, or however you listen to podcasts. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. <laughs>